Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now Okay, everybody, welcome to the latest episode of All Too Real 2. My name is Michael E. Collin II, and with me, as always, via Zoom is... Is, uh, Sesame Amit and Carter. And by the way, it's not oh, through yeah. Zoom anymore. I forgot about that. We're, we're, we're on Google Meet, because Zoom yeah. decided to limit their time to 40 minutes. Yeah. I'm not happy with you, Zoom, if you're listening. Just bullshit. Because how many minutes? I mean, how many meetings only go on for forty minutes? I mean, like. Well, that's why they try to get you to upgrade and pay for longer. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, nobody's gonna pay for it unless you're like a, you know, a company with a bunch of employees, and then it makes sense to pay for it because you have a bunch of employees. Um. <laughs> yeah, but even then, you probably find a workaround. But, um, oh yeah, I'm sure. Or they just carry carry out their meetings through carrier pigeon. Yeah, there's, there's smoke, that. Smoke signals, you know. Yeah, I'd be like, I you get... know, do, should should we send a copy of that report to Mister Jenkins, and then they send a, a smoke signal yeah. saying yes. And then you know that takes like an hour or two to get back, and yeah, you know, it takes things a little bit longer. Yeah, <laughs> or you could do a Harry Potter method, just like send hours. Um, yes, which you know. Which again never really made sense to me. It's like you're you're in a magical world where you could pretty much do anything through magic, but yet your means of communication are sending letters to owls and having them travel like across the country to deliver said message. But this is the same world we live in, really, technically. I mean if you watch it, so I mean it's modern times. It's not like it's stuck in the past, so they could just email people. <clears throat> See, that's not, that's exactly, that's what I never understood about that, that book or that series. Um, much like I don't understand the author or, of said books and yeah. her political views. You, you anyway, um, email <clears throat> people, pick up the telephone, something, you know, it'd be a lot easier. But, but anyways, speaking, yeah. of, speaking of things that kind of make sense and kind of don't, uh, <laughs> the, the Moon Knight <laughs> episode six finale here. Um, yeah. That's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. Um, so, initial thoughts here. It was all right. Um, you know, I, I didn't like it that much the first time I watched it. And then I watched it again. And then uh, we didn't review it last week. So it took. So I didn't watch it again for like another week. But then I just rewatched it just now for a third time. So... <clears throat> I still don't like it as much as episode five, but I um I do think it's a decent episode overall. It was decent, but it's still the whole uh Marvel not knowing how to stick a landing really well in my opinion. Yeah, especially with their shows, T V shows, mm-hmm. um And sometimes their movies where you got the formulaic thing, I mean with the exception of you didn't really have necessarily a formula when it came to Doctor Strange, but yeah, um, but a lot of the you know oh we and th- this had the same kind of formula. It's oh we got a evil monster we got to fight at the end. Yeah, like, like, <coughs> and then they had that, and, <laughs> and they 
they even had like a Shang Chi type of moment where <clears throat> Ahmet is like physically getting larger from all of like the corrupt souls that she's eating, which reminded me of Shang Chi when those bat-like creatures were stealing the souls of people and feeding it to the. It literally reminded me of the exact same thing. Like I've got comments uh, to bring up about that when we get to that point. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if I get ruined it already. No, no, you're good. I just you know. I've got a thought, and I just got to remember to bring it up. Just remind me. Um, So, (laughs) okay. So, um, what went down in this episode? Um, Mark is in the field of weeds, and um, you know um, uh, Arthur and his his people drag drag Mark's body out of the the little puddle that he's in, and they uh, take the the um Upshati or is it Ush I forget Upshati or Ushvati, um forgot the forgot the name of how to pronounce it. Um Ushati of uh Amit that he was holding in his hand. And Arthur does like his whole apology thing where he's like, you know, I'm sorry that it had to be this way or whatever. You know Mark Spector, Stephen Grant or whoever else might be living in there. And then uh Layla like kills one of the henchmen and Arthur hears something but he just I guess ignores it and whatever, I don't know. And then um he goes off, you know, in his merry way to, you know, um release Ahmed. And then uh meanwhile Mark is in the field of reeds just sort of like soaking in, you know, his moment of peace that he's really never had throughout his life or most of his life. Every time you say feel the reeds, the, the sting song feel the golds pops in my hand. Oh, really? Feel the gold. <laughs> it's a good song. Wow. Look it up. <laughs> if you well, yeah, it. I, I really, I never heard it. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, um, Tolerette's there with him and then uh, Mark decides to, uh, you know, to go back to be with Steven because he doesn't think it's fair that you know, he gets to have a peaceful afterlife, but Stephen is, you know, frozen in sand out there. Because you don't really know what that implies. Like, is that, like, like if, if someone's frozen in sand, are they still, like, technically alive and they're just, like, stuck there? Like, so, like, they're pretty, pretty much, like, being tormented in the body that they can't move? You know, like, It's not really you know, explained. I mean, it's like, right. I mean... I guess it's different for, in a way, for uh, Mark and Steven because they're kind of one person but two people. <laughs> you know, it's like. Yeah, but so Mark's heart was balanced. Yeah, and then Steven. Well, well, the thing is, too, <clears throat> Steven's heart could have been balanced, too, but he jumped off the boat, so that's yeah. how he ended up, up, you know. So his is sort of like an accidental type of thing. But, um, <clears throat> so he, he goes back and. You know, Tolerette says, you know, it doesn't really quite work that way because you're, technically, you're manifesting your afterlife. Like, that's what she said, you're manifesting it. So that kind of gives credence to some of the theories that were out there about, like, the ancestral plane and stuff of, like, if, if this is actually really happening or if this is sort of just, like, in the imagination of the person, like, what they want to see or what they've been conditioned that they're supposed to see, you know, so I can... The case of Black Panther, you know, he was told that's what the ancestral plane looks like. So therefore, to him, that's actually what it does look like, even though it might not look like anything really, but just like his consciousness projects, you know, that. That's kind of an interesting little point, you know. My other question here about this is, is okay, so like if you, do you hang, like we, you asked this before in previous episode, do you just hang out in that field of gold? I mean, field of reeds, if you're... Like, uh, you know, going to quote unquote heaven. <clears throat> See, I think that's like the entrance. Because <clears throat> I can imagine, you know, that being very enjoyable for yeah, I mean, too that, long. That really would be much more enjoyable than hanging out in a field of sand. Not really. Yeah, exactly. I mean, well, I guess it would have more sunlight. But, like, but yeah. that's about it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> plus, too, how come there's no one else? There, so is he the only person that's allowed to be there? You think they would see other people also in the field of reeds? Or do you even have your own, own, own uh, you know, separate field? 
Uh, yeah, no, maybe, or maybe you only see yourself at the time. Who knows? I, th- I think it was really supposed to be like a an entrance point that you go into. The, that's like, like the sort like of the gate. Like, yeah, I think that's what it was meant to be. So he's kind of just sort of taking it in, you know, hanging out for a while, <clears throat> which makes sense. I mean, if you're going into heaven, it might be a little bit of a shock to just immediately go, you know. So like, you kind of have like a little. Easing in, you know. Just like uh, if you're going to a Detroit Tigers game, you don't want to go immediately into, you know, Comerica Park. You need to go through that gate to get into it, right? It's yeah, thing, right. No. Kind of. I mean, I don't know. Um, I mean, I'd be okay with just manifesting into the field, but like whatever. And then, uh, <laughs> so yeah, he goes back to Stephen. He gives some like really nice speech about how Stephen has always been there for him since they were kids, and how. He was the one that pretty much saved him from like a life of misery. Well, well, I mean, he still had a life of misery, but pretty much saved him from like you know killing himself or whatever. And that, and that he was his only superpower that he ever had. So that was kind of a nice little moment. And then he puts his <clears throat> heart on top of Stephen's hand, and then it it glows. And then they both, uh, well, Mark turns into sand with Stephen, but then Stephen gets back to normal, and then Mark gets back to normal, and then the gates, or the door opens uh, to go back to the earthly plane. And, uh, <clears throat> but then the sand starts, like, rising to, like, claim them both, but then Tallarette in the boat, like, crashes into the sand to, like, stop it from, like, consuming them. So they, like, then they go through the door, and then that's when Mark Mark wakes up, you know, from the the, the um, puddle that he was in. Because Layla, because I forgot to mention, so, like, Arthur, like, put, like, the scarab onto Mark's chest. I don't know if that's supposed to be, like, yeah. an ancient Egyptian rite or something like that. Um, and then Layla steals the scarab to, like, follow Arthur and his people to find Ahmet, because now they know where Abbott is, so he doesn't need to scare him. Which seemed like an almost convenient thing, too, because it's like, why would you, like, why would you give up the scarab, even though you, you knew where Amit was? Like, why would you, like, why would you just not just keep it around with you anyway? I mean, that's like saying, oh, well, I guess like saying he shot Mark with the gun, so now he's just gonna drop the gun and not keep it. Like, why, why wouldn't you just keep it with you anyway? But whatever. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, that was kind of convenient. Some um, some kind. Yeah, so the way uh, she steals, the, she takes a scarab to, and it guides her, you know, to wherever they're going. And then, uh, <clears throat> she, uh, she, yeah, she finds them at, like, the the temple where they, are, they were before when they had, like, the conference or the sort of interrogation of of um, Kanshu and uh, he uh, Arthur kills all of the all the avatars including the really nice one that that told Mark about the um, how to find the uh, uh, what was it that, that dude uh, that uh, sarcophagus yeah yeah so <clears throat> even her which you know I was hoping that she would have stayed alive but no and then um he goes into his whole speech about how the gods have been hiding things from humanity, blah, blah, blah. The whole villain speech, you know. And then he, he releases her. Uh, my theory was true, by the way. Uh, well, partly true. Where uh, when she's on it as resurrected, she says um, that Arthur's scales are imbalanced or unbalanced. Yeah. And then uh, Arthur was willing to accept. You know her decision Whatever because the, was, yeah. yeah, which that was my original theory from like way back in episode one. Mm-hmm. But the twist is, is that she didn't kill him, so that that's the twist. But um, which is interesting. So <clears throat> by the way, the, the CGI is great. Ahmed looks really cool. Um, she um, she says his death is delayed if if he serves her as her avatar, her official avatar, because at this point he just was like a sort of self-proclaimed avatar, I guess, of Ahmed. Mm-hmm. But, um, <clears throat> and she says, um, you know, your your scales are unbalanced for what lies ahead. 
but what lies ahead is your service to me. But then, why would his scales be unbalanced by serving her? Because the whole point of Ame is like extreme, like perfect justice. So why would him being her avatar make his scales unbalanced and then worthy of death? Like that literally makes no sense. Whatever. Okay, yeah. that's an academic point, I guess. But um, and then she says, "Oh well, I." I once entrusted myself to someone whose scales balanced perfectly, and then for that, I was imprisoned for 2,000 years. So it's like, well, wait a minute, your whole argument and line of logic is that you're, you dispense perfect justice, everything's about scales balancing, but you're saying that your previous avatar, whose scales were perfect, betrayed you, but yet you want someone whose scales are unbalanced to serve you, well, that completely goes against your entire line of reasoning. So was, this like, perfect, you know, <laughs> was this perfect person Alexander the Great, then? Yeah, I, I'm assuming that's the one she meant, because that was, that was what they... It, yeah. um, and I, I just don't... I don't know if I would see him as being perfect... <laughs> Well, that's that's what. Well, maybe in her mind, you know, he was he was like setting up like a sort of world order, I guess, because technically he did conquer the known the known world at that point, and maybe in her mind that would lead to like a more <clears throat> civilized society where you know there's like a trade route and people can yeah you know sort of, I don't know I mean, exactly technically though yeah. he, he like committed a genocide and um. You know, other things. Well, <laughs> but it, it just goes to show that she's she's kind of a hypocrite, really. Um, or that the people that he killed were people that she wanted him to kill? I don't know. I mean, I guess that could you could argue that, that they were that all those people just so happen <clears throat> to be people that would do something bad in the future, so she was, like, telling him the exact people to kill. But that still doesn't make any sense, because it wasn't like Alexander the Great personally was going around killing people in battle. He had soldiers, so what, he was telling each soldier, oh, I only killed this specific person on the battlefield. How would you even manage that? I mean, it's, in like, the it's, heat it's, of it's battle? Like, or any other, you know, leader in history who has people following them in a, you know, military. They're, they're not personally killing everybody. Exactly. I mean, he may have, he may have himself been in the, the battles himself, but when you're fighting around, like, hundreds or thousands of people, there's no way you're going to just be able to target, like, the exact no. right people. It's just not... So, you know, that was a flaw in the writing yeah. time, but at times, oh, TV. Well. It's... <clears throat> it's fine. That's not... That's probably who she meant, or... Or she could have meant someone else, and... Maybe Alexander Great was a previous Avatar, and then... Uh, the, the one after him maybe was the one that betrayed, but they but they put it in his sarcophagus. Who knows? But um, as a they, hiding place. Yeah, the uh, it, it's hard to say. Um, <clears throat> do we get to the point where uh, Layla becomes a temporary avatar yet? No. So she yeah yeah so she um she she goes she finds you know where they released her and she finds you know the the um Upsashi of um. Kanshu and throws on the floor and he basically, he tries to ask her to be, you know, his new avatar and she's like, no way, like, I'm not, she's not doing that. It's like you, no. you turned Mark's life into a waking nightmare. It's like, I'm not gonna, you know, he's like, well, well it's the only way we can take on Anna and she's like, no, I'm just not gonna do it. So then he just disappears. Yeah. <laughs> and then she becomes Towerette's, uh, <clears throat> Or Tower Eat, however you pronounce it, it's a temporary avatar. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, I mean her her costume was sweet when she was in that. Um, even though it, even though I did find it to look a lot like um, the golden costume that uh, Wonder Woman wore in Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. Oh, okay. So I, I haven't seen that one yet. Um, you should. I mean, it's worth watching. It's not as good as the first Wonder Woman, but it's good. Okay. Yeah. It's better than I allow. All the reviews seem to say it was, in my opinion. But yeah, I I, I always just avoid reading reviews until after I've watched yeah. something. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it was kind of uh, like turning me off at first, and then I ended up watching it like a year after it came out or something. So, but you're like, oh, that's pretty cool. So what I understand though about her her, her costume is, <clears throat> so are the gods just able to like make any kind of costume they want? Because I thought with Moonlight it made sense because he's like Moon, like you know, like it seemed like connected to. I mean, it kind. Himself, you know what I mean? Like, I partially like, think maybe the costume just fits the person, or, or okay. her personality, because like that's why Moon Knight has two different costumes, at least that we've seen so far. Right. Okay. Because I was wondering about that, because you know the Beetle thing—that's got nothing to do with Tallarat. So I was wondering, because you know that's what her dad used to call her. You know, his no, little scale. You know, there was there was no John Paul George or Ringo there either, so it was confusing the hell out of me. Well, yeah, because they're, they're, they're off being the avatars of other gods, so, you know. Oh, okay, like, gotcha. not, not the Egyptian, they're more of, like, the Indian gods, because they were really into, like, Indian mysticism for a while, so, like, George, yeah. <laughs> George probably, like, the avatar of, like, Krishna or someone like that, or whatever. Uh, <laughs> John is, like, the avatar of, like, um... Jaguru Deva, um, you know? Or someone like that, you know? <laughs> no, it's so... Which I think Shiva is actually supposed to be Krishna in a different form anyway. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> well, I think Shiva. I think Shiva is is the, the actual god. Because <clears throat> because India Hinduism kind of deals with avatars too. Kind of this is where they kind of got the idea. I think a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I think Shiva is the actual god, but then Krishna became <clears throat> the the human avatar of Shiva on Earth, but then basically became his own god, essentially, like, um, you know, so, like, I guess Shiva's powers were just, like, permanently in him, I don't know, and then, um, pretty interesting, but, yeah, so George is, is um, is Krishna, but whatever, oh, yeah, sorry, and, uh, anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just kind of going off here, <laughs> we should write our own fan fiction with that, um, yeah, yeah, the, um, so, uh, anyways, with, uh, that um she becomes the Layla becomes the the avatar for Tauret. Um so uh Mark and Steven encounter her and are very surprised by her newfound abilities and she protects Mark from having his soul taken away. <laughs> um Steven just gushes over her appearance like he does. Know, <laughs> which I thought was funny. Um Anyways, they, they, they use their abilities together to try to take down Harrow and his followers. Um, so, they, they battle as, you know, as Mr. Knight and Moon Knight both. <laughs> <clears throat> um, and then they overwhelm Harrow. Uh, but basically, they end up uh, losing their advantage as Harrow uses uh, Mark's trauma against him to take him down. Yeah. So, uh, both uh, Khonshu and Mark are pinned down in this fight. When when you've got, like, the... Okay, what I was going to bring up is you've got, like, these huge avatars of... Or not avatars, but of, you know, big uh, Khonshu and... And uh, Ahmet fighting each other. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like Godzilla and King Kong just fighting each other. When I watched it, that's what I'm sitting here thinking. Mm-hmm. Like, <coughs> yeah, I, I was wondering about that. Like a, a Godzilla <coughs> movie. <laughs> and what I think was happening though was that I think this was like an invisible fight. That like nobody else could see happening, and what we were really witnessing was Mark and Hero fighting each other. But then that was like a representation of the actual fight going on between Ahmet and Khonshu. Because whenever yeah, it seemed like whenever Hero had the upper hand, that's when Ahmet would have the upper hand, and whenever Mark would have the upper hand, Khonshu would. So it seemed like um. It seemed like nobody else could see what was going on because, like, oh, okay. you'd think we see like these huge people that's fighting was, each other. That's what I'm wondering if, if 
if that's, you know, if, if other people could see it or if it was just happening, you know, where only the avatars could see it. Yeah, and even them didn't seem like they were paying attention. No. <laughs> to either. I don't know. Actually, I'm not sure though, because it does, because, um, <clears throat> when, um, when Mark, because what happened was, so like, um, yeah, Harold almost has, almost kills Mark, but then the whole flashy thing happens again, and then all of a sudden he's got like the, like the cane on, on Harold's head, like he killed him with it or whatever. Basically he turned into Jake Lockley, essentially, and then, um, <clears throat> or that's at least like the theory, you know, and then there's a bunch of like dead people surround him with a bunch of fires, so he's probably did a whole bunch of violent shit and then killed Arthur Harrow. And then, uh, but then, as you see that, though, we see Amit, though, is dragging Kaju, so it's like, well, if Harrow would be... It's confusing to think whether we can see it or not. Um, Did you happen to see the Book of Boba Fett TV show? Well, I saw... I don't know if it was... Like the seventh episode, I don't know how many episodes there were. I saw the last one that they had, and I haven't checked it in a while, but... Oh, okay, because, you know. I mean, no, it, it's only had one season. And I think it was like seven episodes. But okay, well, the, that's... The, yeah, I watched... The, the season finale, um, I'm pretty sure it was the finale, um, had like this big battle where it was kind of Godzilla-ish, too, mm-hmm. with, a, with, a, with a big Rancor monster. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. um... So I'm just like I'm just like Disney Plus. Are you just like copying, pasting these things, or what? You know. So. <laughs> well, it seems like they are kind of because like we're we're getting into like the monster like aspect of stuff. Like we got Amos, like you said, it's kind of like a Godzilla type of thing. We got a lot of tentacle shit going on lately in, in the Marvel movies. Yeah. Like we got that tentacle monster in um <clears throat> in um. Um, Shang-Chi, we, we sort of had a, a tentacle um people in um, the Eternals. They kind of had, like, tentacle stuff going on. And then Doctor... Well, yeah, Doctor Strange. Yeah. But, yeah, Doctor Strange, they, well, they even showed that in the trailer, yeah, so it's not a big deal. Yeah. But, yeah, tentacle. So it seems like we're going into the tentacle period of the Marvel movies, <laughs> or, or so. I don't know. <laughs> Is there, is, is there, like, a tentacle technical department? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> they, just, like, they have to, like, have a certain amount of tentacles or whatever. They can. <laughs> uh, do you want to take a quick break and then talk about the rest of this? Sure. Back? Okay, we'll be right back, folks. I'm Jay Remy, host of No Outlet Live. If you're in a podcast that explore any and everything, check us out. We stream anywhere you listen or watch podcasts, or just type No Outlet Live one word in your Google search bar to find the show. Live Saturdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Facebook. No Outlet Live, your road to boredom ends here. Do you like Tessa? Do you think this will be a date that can last? Well, uh, she's not very articulate. And we are back. Back. In black. Yeah. It's a fact. It sure is. Well, at least I'm wearing a black t-shirt. Anyway, so... um, (laughs) Yeah, I think I am, too. I'm wearing a Pink Floyd black t-shirt. I'm wearing a My Name is Earl black (laughs) t-shirt. Cool. Yeah, so... um. (laughs) You know what we're not wearing? Though? We're not wearing white t-shirts to symbolize white supremacy. <clears throat> you know, which, like the people down the street from where I live. Yeah, we're doing a rally, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, a, a rally is, is a generous term because there's like seven people. But like, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Got like a half a dozen to a dozen people. It's kind of yeah, hard to say. Kind of sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but in this day and age, it's just sad that those exist, like where they think yep. that... You know, you know, with signs that say like no, I mean, I mean, only white babies, and um, um, you will <clears throat> replace the white man. 
Oh yeah, we're so yeah. Like it's like it's just like so sad where it's like like how, how insecure you are and how much how much you're projecting to the world like all of your insecurities. Like it's just like it's like yeah, like almost secondhand embarrassment from watching it. It's just like it's like oh man, like they really don't know how much they're revealing about themselves to the outside world. <laughs> like, <laughs> but they were not revealing their faces. Oh, of course not. See, that's the thing. They only wear masks to hide their identity, but I'm pretty sure and the they're not. The thing is, it was like 85 degrees out, and they're wearing uh, ski yeah. masks outside. Yeah, well, because they don't want their identities to be shown because they're... But they're I'm, just, I'm just worried about their health. That's got to hurt. I mean, that's really... <laughs> well, I'm not worried. I, I hope they do get sick. But, uh, <laughs> I was joking when I say I'm worried. But the... Um, yeah. <laughs> the yeah, exactly. The, um, yeah. <clears throat> But, but like I said to somebody earlier that um, yesterday was Friday the 13th. Right. So maybe they got confused and thought today was Halloween. Yeah, that could have been it. Um, mm-hmm. Or maybe they meant to do the rally yesterday. Like, oh, it's Friday the 13th. Get it? Spooky. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would I mean, it would have been cooler if they were all standing there wearing Jason Voorhees masks. I mean, I'm not saying I'd agree with them, but at least it would have been a different change up in their costumes. Um, the, uh, yeah. <laughs> They didn't think of it though, but no. or or Michael Myers masks or Freddy Krueger. I mean, just be creative, people. Something, yeah. Be creative with your racism. Um. Anyway, so the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the um actually just stop being racist. That's the most creative thing you can do. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So back to the show here. We've got um, you know, everybody's fighting. Everybody was kung fu fighting. Everybody was, you know, <laughs> fast as lightning. Um, <laughs> that's what it was, right? No. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, anyways, Layla at one point tells Mark that he has a choice to not kill Arthur Harrow. <clears throat> and uh, well, I think that they imprisoned Anna and his body. Yeah. The spell or like a yeah. Incantation or whatever. <clears throat> yeah, we, we've we've got we've got you know after the big you know kaiju fight going on up in the you know pyramids, um, <laughs> we've got that going on, and then we've got uh the whole uh we we take uh <clears throat> we take Amit's soul, put it in Harrow's body like you do, and um <laughs> then because uh, you know everybody likes to have a Egyptian goddess in your body. Um, yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, it's like taking aspirin, you know? You just... You know, you're not feeling well, you just take an Egyptian body. Um, anyway, so the... Uh, <laughs> so, where's the Egyptian goddess? Yeah. In body, that would probably be, like, one of the most pleasurable experiences in the world. But, like, anyway... <laughs> uh, <laughs> Depends on how you look at it. Yeah. Um, the, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, anyways, the, uh, so he, uh, he basically, what ends up happening here? <laughs> Cause you probably know more than I do. Oh yeah. Cause I just watched it. Um, again, so, so they do the spell and it like kind of goes around like the, like, the statues of, like, the other gods that are now, have no avatars left, I guess, and then it, yeah, it gets, um, into Arthur's body. I think Arthur was dead at this point. Um, <clears throat> I think. And then, um, and then, like, um, it's like, you'll never contain me, blah, 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 whatever, and then Kanchu tells Mark to kill, kill both of them, and then Layla gives the whole speech of like, no, you have a choice, you don't gotta be a killer, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, they always save it for the last thing. I hate that part of movies and shows. It's like, the whole show is based on this one final action, and then it's like, we're gonna get up to this point, and we're just not gonna do it. It's like, well, why why even have a show then if you just weren't gonna do it? Whatever, fine. Or or why not four episodes earlier tell the guy, hey, you know, you don't have to kill people. Exactly, build it up a little bit. But again, this show had some weird pacing issues. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it was fine for the first couple episodes and the pacing got kind of got weird, but whatever. Um, so Mark's like, you could kill... I guess Cobb should still can't do things on his own <clears throat> that he still needs. I still don't quite understand you know, how that works, but like, whatever. And then, um, so he, you know, he, he, he was true to his deal because he, earlier, Stephen actually basically negotiated with him for Kanchu to release release them both, keyword both as in two, um, which is important later on, um, you know, from Kanchu's service, so then he's like, fine, you're both released, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we get this weird scene where they're back in the psych ward, or, or the um, mental mental um, health... I don't know what the word is now. Psych ward's kind of an old term. Uh, um, it's an institution, maybe. Um, no, it's maybe. I don't know. Something like mental that. Health well, facility, maybe? <laughs> maybe, because I know like, psych ward's kind of like an old... Some stigma to that kind of like yeah. oh if we're psych war you know like mm-hmm. but like so he's back there in Harold's office where he he's playing a psychiatrist <clears throat> and he's talking about how you know he's imagining things again and all this kind of stuff but then they notice that there's a trail of blood every time Arthur walks you know from probably from the glass that he was wearing in his in his shoes. And then Mark's like, yeah, do you see that, Steven? He's like, yeah, I see it. And then, like, Arthur looks down, and he's like, why am I bleeding? And then they're like, yeah, we appreciate the diagnosis, Doc, but, you know, we're going to go our own way or whatever type of thing. So then, and then they wake up, you know, that was like a and dream, they, I guess. They, they also say later gators to him, which I think is... Oh, that's know, right. Which is a continuing thing, which is interesting because Ahmet appears in the shape of a gator. Alligator or crocodile, whatever the difference is. <laughs> There's just a small difference. I always forget which yeah. which one is like, but uh, something with their teeth. But um, yeah, I think so. And one tastes more like chicken. Um, the uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, anyways, then what happens here after the after that scene? They wake up in their in uh, <clears throat> apartment. Yeah, they wake up in Stephen's apartment, and they're just kind of talking to each other, and then they. Forgot that their leg was shackled to that thing, falls to the floor, kind of thing. They're like, oh shit, whatever, you know. It's like, <clears throat> I can't believe you live in this, this sort of mess or whatever. And then, <clears throat> then we roll the credits for a few minutes, oh, and then um, before that, though, while they're in the apartment, you do see their fish tank, and it has two fish in it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, there are two fish now, and um, <clears throat> and then um, yeah, we we get credits for like maybe a minute or two, and then. We get like a post-credit scene, and it's Arthur. He's like in a psych ward, or or Arthur slash Amit. And I'm not quite sure was Arthur dead or is he just like unconscious at that point? Like that's I I I think that's that's interesting. I don't know if it was Arthur or Amit that is in that in this last scene. No, no, but I mean, like when they took Arthur to the. Thing was he dead at that point? Did, Did was he killed or is he? No, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. Oh, okay, gotcha. And then, um... I don't know who is actually controlling the body at this point. Oh, it's, okay, so yeah, I'm so... Assuming, so I'm assuming it's dead, but I don't know. Yeah, so they're, they're in the, um, the psych ward, and, uh, <clears throat> it looks like there's, like, a, a bunch of sand in a cup, and then Arthur kind of pushes it, but it's just coffee or whatever, and then the nurse is like, oh, okay, it's time for bed now, or whatever, and then this guy shows up and he's like, "It's okay, Miss. I'll, I'll, I'll take him." And she's like, "No, it's, you know." He's like, "You know, just calm down, it's fine, or whatever." So then she just leaves, and then <clears throat> he, he, he pushes, you know, Arthur in his wheelchair, and Arthur's kind of like motioning to like, you know, the door that he normally goes into, but the guy pushes him in a different direction and starts seeing like, you know, bodies on the floor. He's like, "What?" You know, and then. Outside, there's a white limousine, and uh, the guy, you know, kind of roughly just sort of throws Arthur in, you know, the back seat of the limousine, and then kicks the wheelchair violently, 
like, oh, God, we got ourselves a violent guy here. And then, you know, Kanchu sitting in, like, a white suit in the other side of the limousine. And Arthur slash Ahmed's like, like, oh, God, like, really? Like, like you can't hurt us. Like, are you serious or whatever? And then um, Kanchu's like, oh, you, you, you thought that I really wanted Layla to be my second avatar? You know, like, no, that's not true at all. It's like, Mark has no idea how, you know, troubled he really is or whatever. And then he's like, he like knocks on the window and he's like, I want to introduce you to my friend Jake Blackley. And then Jake, who's speaking Spanish, I think, um, or Espanol. And he's like, now it's your time, your time to lose and shoots um, Arthur a bunch of time. You can see, like, the, the lights coming from inside the limousine, like, almost like a Godfather type of scene, you know, and it just drives off, and then it, that's it. So, um, so apparently Ahmed's dead for real now, uh, so. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> and, and then we got Jake Lockley now as the, probably the new Moon Knight, which is quite scary because he's super super violent and um it'll be interesting to see if we have a follow-up of any kind and when it will be because um what i read months ago was that oscar isaac only signed on for this one project so right. it's still going to be interesting to see where this goes in the future i do yeah, hope, i do it, hope we see him or layla or somebody else again you know from the show Right, yeah, exactly. But there is something kind of cool about this not being directly connected to the rest of the MCU as well. Yeah, it would be. I mean, technically it is. I mean, at least that's what I think Kevin Feige said. Yeah. But, um, but so far, it doesn't really seem like there's really any connection no, there was to no any characters in this. I mean, there, there might have been um, some mentions to things that happened in the other movies, so I think, like, rough mentions, but overall... You know, it's not like, you know, Tony Stark shows up at his door. I mean, even though he's dead, but, you know, I mean, it's not like, uh, I don't know, Hawkeye shows right. up at his door or something, you know? So. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, we're going to help you guys out or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I, I would hope for a second season. If not, then maybe at least. A movie? You know, show up. Yeah, either have his own movie or show up in another movie. I always think it'd be cool if he, if he showed up. I don't think they would, though, because. The movie's probably going to be coming out soon, but like um, <clears throat> Black Panther 2 Wakanda Forever, because they did I, talk about I think the, the proper, god. The proper place to show up would probably be Blade. Blade, yeah. Okay. Because I think there's going to. I think I would like to see him and then. Uh, what was the one guy in. Uh, the, the one guy that worked at the museum in uh, Eternals? Uh, I forgot his name. Professor, um, not in a museum, but a professor. Um, but anyways, those two, I think it would be interesting to see Moon Knight and both of them show up in the Blade movie, which was kind of teased with the other guy in Eternals, so. Yeah, because he's got the Ebony Blade, um, which is interesting, um, actually, that, that's a whole other thing, too, so, is that, am I getting my lore screwed up, because I watch so many of these videos <laughs> lately that they're all kind of bleeding into each other, but, like, I mean, because I watch, you know, Screen Crush, New Rockstars, Super Carlin Brothers, and you know, so many channels, Emergency yeah. Awesome. So a lot of these things just bleed into each other. But I, am I mistaken in thinking that the Ebony Blade is also comes from the same um, power that, um, <clears throat> what's the guy's name, um, Gord the God Butcher has his weapon? Um, forge to kill gods, or is, am I just like mixing two different things uh, together? Well, the, the, in the in in the story of uh, the Eternals, the 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 Ebony Blade is um, the character that has it is the becomes the Black Knight in the future, right? Um, Dane Dane Whitman. There we go. Um, right, you think, yeah, yeah. But so the Ebony Blade itself is. Um, is a, according to like this is from the comic books like in this Marvel database, the Ebony Blade was a magical blade forged by Merlin and Sir Percy from the Starstone meteorite. The Ebony Blade was enchanted to cut through any object to prevent the death of its wielder, 
and to deflect any magic, but it also carried a curse that would slowly corrupt any user and cause a lust for violence, bloodshed, and death. Okay. According to <clears throat> Null, K-N-U-L-L, Merlin lied about the true nature of the Ebony Blade, and it can only be wielded by the impure of heart, drawing out their negative emotions until they become bloodthirsty um, berserkers. What's the point of that? I don't know. Why would Merlin do that? Merlin's supposed to be a good guy. Maybe, um, maybe he lied because he wanted to see if it worked with the good people. I don't know. Yeah, just like a guinea pig. Like, yeah, just try this out. See if it, <laughs> see if it works. You know? I don't know. Could be, could be the reason why. Okay, I was just wondering because because <clears throat> I was watching the video and they were talking about Gore, the, the God Butcher, because of the new um, Thor Love and Thunder movie coming out soon. <clears throat> and apparently, the the comic lore, at least, I, I don't know what they're going to do this for the movie, but was that <clears throat> he, he like, prayed to the gods to, like, help save his family or whatever, and then um, they didn't get help, so his family and, like, his whole people were killed or whatever, so then he pretty much became, like, an atheist, essentially. But then <clears throat> he ended up seeing two gods fighting each other, so then he realized, oh, gods actually do exist, so I I did pray to them, and they didn't help me at all, so he went from becoming an atheist to what you call a, a dystheist, which that, there's actually a word, dystheist, but it's a person who believes in God or gods, but actively hates them, like, there's an actual oh, word for that. Gotcha. So, 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 yeah, it's a difference between an atheist and a dystheist, so he became one of these, and then I guess he, <clears throat> at one point, the the good god was winning the fight, but then the bad god, like, basically, like, transmuted himself into, like, a weapon for some reason, I guess, so that the other guy could use it again, I don't know, whatever, so basically, it was like a sword of some kind or whatever, and then Gore took the sword and killed the good god, then and then that became, like, his goal now is, to, like, to kill all the gods. But I, I, for some reason, I thought in my mind that somehow that energy or whatever was connected to the Ebony Blade, but it appears not to be the case or whatever. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I guess we'll just see where this goes. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully we see some of this come together, and I'd really like to see, like, a... with the magic direction that the MCU seems to be going in Phase 4... Yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah, I'd like to see some of this stuff, like, kind of, you know, coincide together and coalesce or whatever you want to call it, you know, kind of just merge together, you know, in a way. So you, you'd you see Blade and Doctor Strange and, you know, some of the Eternals and other people all together, you know, and then Moon Knight. Yeah, probably. Mm -hmm. I don't know. You know, I guess we'll see what they decide to do because you never know. I mean, there's, you know what is it, like 70 or 80 years of Marvel comics they can go through, so... <laughs> they, um... And then just create whatever they want, too, so... Well, Kevin Feige said that he wants to continue this whole, <clears throat> like, sort of MCU project all the way into 2030. I'm like, that's 22 years. Well, <laughs> he, he said at, at least till then. So, I mean, I, it's going to go at least. It'll go further than that. I mean, it, there's, I mean, obviously you're going to get to a point where it's going to be diminishing returns, but it's, you know. Yeah. How big can you go before you've, you've lost? I mean, like Thanos was like, Oh my god, that's the end game. It was literally called End Game, the movie. Yeah. But, but now it's like, okay, well now it, the new guy is Kane the Conqueror and it's a multiverse battle. Okay, once, once the multiverse thing is solved, what is there? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like all, well, I guess what would be then was all life in the whole multiverse extinguished, so then you gotta fight that guy or girl to I, basically I who's gonna end. Big Marvel team up where they're just taking on a a, a pickpocketer, and um, <laughs> in New York, you know, just a just a just a random you know street guy that picks pockets. You know, that's that's what it's going to be. Well, yeah, it would be good because you start scaling back your enemies to make them smaller, <laughs> yeah. and then the people, the audience, gets used to like regular like 
street crime people, and then you build back up to the bigger villains. You keep doing this to like 2080. No, it's, it's you know, it's gonna, there's going to be a movie where the the bad villain is just a 14 year old kid who steals a pack of gum from a 7-Eleven, and um, yeah, <laughs> and he had to have like the Punisher go kill him for him or something like that. <laughs> I I I every crime is equal to me or whatever, you know. Uh, but wasn't that kind of his deal for a while? Punisher, he would literally just punish people, like yeah. no matter what type of crime. It was kind of like the Razal Ghul type of, mm-hmm. you know, like I think the every crime. Of him like yeah, that, yeah. Uh, anyways, wow. um, any other final thoughts here before we wrap things up? No, not really. Just, just hope you know we get. I, I just hope we get something extra, even if it's just like one episode or something. Just. Uh, you can't just reveal Jake Lockley and end the whole thing. I mean, oh, that's, no. that's, you know, <laughs> I mean, you can, but, it's, yeah, that's you know. I think he's going to show up again sometime. <laughs> Might not be for five years, even, who knows, but um, we'll right. hope yeah. sooner. But um, anyways, uh, I really enjoyed this series. I think it had a lot of flaws, but it was still good. Um, yeah. A lot of pacing issues, but overall it was good. Um, anyways, uh, Make sure you uh, check out our T Public, our Patreon, our Facebook, our Twitter, our TikTok, our Instagram, all that good stuff. Yeah. Share the show with your friends, you know. Um, wear a mask <laughs> unless you're a white supremacist who's trying to hide their identity because, you know. <laughs> That just seems stupid. But anyway, so um, <laughs> well, they're so proud, so loud and proud, though they, you know, yeah, that's why they find the mask, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I mean, who are they afraid of? That's the thing I don't understand. They're afraid of the cops. I'm sorry to say it, but like a lot of the police are actually like they're, they're actually defend yeah. like wingers. So it's like, yeah. if anything, you know, like I mean, not not actively defend, but more of like. It does seem like they go after left wing protesters more than right wing ones. Speaking of which, there's a I, if I if I find it, I might share it in the show notes. There's actually a really good um, podcast I listened to about um, the co opting of the Punisher's logo by by corrupt police officers. So, um, well, not just them. Anyone who's right wing may do the same exact the, uh, thing. And, and it's they, like they, they interview the creator of the of the design. So, um, it's a pretty it's good. Like, Pretty good podcast talking about the it. The Punisher, yeah, as a character, you know, at one point he was actually going after corrupt cops as well. Like, you know, like yeah. he was not just, it wasn't just like street criminals he was going after. Like, you know, he was going after everyone. <laughs> like, yeah, so keep that in mind, folks. But, um, yeah, until next time, folks, be good to each other, love one another. Yeah. Don't be a supremacist. And, uh, <laughs> bye bye thanks for listening to all too real 2 podcast a cullen park production produced and edited by michael e cullen the second music by matthew haas subscribe and share the show visit us at cullenpark.com